Welcome everyone to another episode of King Reflections. I'm Daniel Oliver, your host, owner of Xander King, and I'm a graphic designer, personal trainer, and now a life coach. And I just want to take this opportunity to welcome you once again to the Xander King experience. If you haven't already listened to the last podcast, we talked about suicide and just my thoughts upon it. Uh, And today we're going to talk a little bit about myself and the trait that makes up a lot of who I am. And the trait is called highly sensitive person. And I didn't actually figure out that I had this trait until last year when I was doing a course online, a creative, um, the course was on domestica.com. And the course that I was doing was called something along the lines like um, organization for creatives or time management for creatives or something like that. But before she went into the whole, you know, here's some pointers of what you can do to, you know, help organize your life. She actually explained a little bit of how the creative mind worked. And she's like, you might be, just check out, sorry, I'll try that again. <laughs> uh, she mentioned a few books to to read. And one of them um, was Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aron, PhD, doctorate, etc. <laughs> And I was very intrigued by that because she was saying a lot of characteristics about how I uh, behave or how I think or how my brain sort of overloads itself. Um, and as you can see by now, with even my speech, there's my words are all muddled up and my sentences don't really flow. And it's mainly because there's so much information going through my brain of how I could say this, how I want to say it, that it doesn't come out and I trip over my words and it sounds pretty disgusting (laughs) but you'll get used to that (laughs) anyway so i decided to read the book um highly sensitive person by elaine aaron and found out that i had a lot of similarities to the trait that she um expresses now she does have a little quiz on her website which i forget at the moment let me just have a look and find it for you yeah so if you go to hsperson.com so that's h for harry s for spider and then person.com it takes you to the highly sensitive person website and then if you look in one of the menus there's actually one called self tests so yeah if you look at the self tests heading and then click on are you highly sensitive it gives you about 20 to 30 checks and then it has a scoring at the bottom and she says If you answered more than 14 of the questions as true of yourself, you are probably a highly sensitive person. And then she goes on to say, you know, but no psychological test is so accurate that an individual should base his his or her life on it. We psychologists try to develop good questions, then decide on the cut out, the cutoff based on the average response. If fewer questions are true of you, but extremely true, that might also justify calling you highly sensitive. So if you score less than 14, you still might be a highly sensitive person. Um, If you find those specific ones that you've chosen, very extreme. Uh, And then she goes on to say, also, although there are as many men as women who are highly sensitive, when taking the the test, highly sensitive men answer slightly fewer items as true than do highly sensitive women. And she goes to she goes on to say about there's about 20% of the population that have this highly sensitive personal trait. So this past uh, last year, after reading the book and doing this quiz and um, really seeking out what it really all means, it clears up a lot of stuff about myself and why I guess I struggle in some areas of my life. <laughs> um, a lot of areas in my life. So it, it was a good clarification of um, 
of where to point me in the right direction of what I need to really pay attention to and what I can improve on in my own personal um, experience with having this trait. So I wrote down some notes previously, and this was ages ago that I wrote this because I wanted to do this um, episode a long time ago, and I've written like uh, probably a good two pages roughly, and it's all scattered. And that's one thing about this trait is how my mind works. A lot of people mistake it for apparently ADHD, and now I might have ADHD. I haven't actually had a test or anything like that, but a lot of, um, she does say in the book that people with this trait do get mistaken for having the um for having or being diagnosed with um, ADHD when they actually don't have ADHD. They've actually just got this trait. So, but it'll be interesting to see if I do do an ADHD test and they're like, no, you do have ADHD. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't define who I am. Um, none of these traits do. It's how it's just a part of who I am and how I interact with the world and how my brain sort of functions. So the main thing with I find with my trait is the main um, behavioral symptom you could call it or characteristic I uh, would be over arousal I get over aroused quite easily um, and that's not just with physical sensations such as hearing sight um, touch etc it can also be uh, I call spiritual or emotional and mental as well so for example certain frequencies um, in noises so when um, loud trucks or um, loud uh, sirens pass by my car or even motorbikes anything where the frequency obviously goes a bit too loud it does hurt my ears more than most people most people just like if they're sitting next to me in the car and a siren goes past um, I have the windows down though <laughs> I do have I like having the windows down that's probably another thing um, I can explain later with the windows up I can't have them up but um when the windows are down, obviously, sirens go past. I have to actually block at least one of my ears to stop it from piercing my ears a lot. Whereas everyone else that's in my passenger seat, that doesn't seem to bother them at all. And they're going, aren't you bothered by how loud that is? <laughs> or when a motorbike passes by and I have to block my ears and um, sh try and turn my back on the noise because it just hurts my ears so much. Um, and no one else seems to be excessively phased by it. They just stare at the person as if like, that's a bit loud. And I'm there going, this really like does hurt and drive me insane. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> um, back to the windows up thing. I have to have in a sense fresh air. When when the windows are up and I'm driving and if there's no, not air con, it has to be um, the one where the air passes through from the outside. Um, I feel like the air goes stale and I, I, I can... I feel like I'm starting to choke pretty much. Not choke, but like you can't really breathe properly when you're going, I need fresh air or I need air flowing through. Uh, when it's an air conditioner, the same thing. Like I, ha I feel like it's stale air and I really need to, and it's like sickening stagnant air that I need to get fresh air sometimes and open up a window or open up a door or something. Even at work, I have to like, all right, I'm going to go for, you know, I'm going to step outside for a second and come back in. Especially if there's no windows open. <laughs> Another thing is, is when... Um, certain tastes or um, even when I start feeling sick like I can I, I in a sense know my body where I feel uh, even the slightest change when I'm paying attention obviously if I'm distracted by something that's um, you know really grabbing my attention or really distracting me like a movie or something like that then I won't be able to pay attention to my body that much but if I turn my attention to my body I can really feel the changes um, if I'm starting to get sick or um, if the temperature is changing um, or, you know, like I said before, the air 
is irritating my body or if I've eaten something and it's starting to irritate my stomach, etc. Or even if, uh, like I said with my housemates, like I can feel when they're there um, doing certain things or um, I can feel their emotional change or energy change. And sometimes people will say, oh, this is all because you learned their behaviors. In a sense, yes, I have learned how they walk, how they breathe, um, all that stuff. So I can, when it changes, I, sometimes I'm not even consciously paying attention to it. I just know that something's different. And then when I go, okay, what's, what's, what's the signs that my body's picking up that, it has diff- that has, something has changed? So they're breathing, the way they're chewing, uh, the way they're you know, tapping their fingers, or if they're relaxed, the way they're slouching. Like you, can, you can tell even if you're not being, if you're not, when I'm not physically like looking at them, observing them, I can still feel it, their energy change. So a lot, there's a lot of things that obviously um, in, with this trait that I found or within myself, even if, if, even if I don't have this trait, have a label to it, I'm just describing things about myself uh, so you can understand me more or understand how my brain works <laughs> um, and why probably I don't get a lot done excessively. Um, or why I don't focus on one thing at a time. I do get overstimulated where my brain goes, um, all right, you need to do so much now. There's all this you got to do. And then I get stuck and I, you'll see me if you, if you sometimes catch me. I'm in my room and I'll like turn to one thing and go, oh, I should start that. Then my brain goes, no, you got to do this. And I'll turn the other way and go, oh, yeah, I should start that. And I go take a step towards it. And my brain goes, no, what about this other thing back here? So you take another turn. You see me sort of like stand on the spot, sort of rotating, going, what do I do first? I have no idea what I'm doing first. And I have to literally go, Daniel, do that one thing now, the easiest thing, the thing that's just, you know, it's like a, a wipe of the desk. Go do that. That's out of the way and done. Now go find something else or, you know, go focus on the next thing. That's the easiest thing. Try and make the hardest thing the, the last, make the hardest thing the last thing. So it takes then most of your time and you just did all the quick things out of the way really quickly. And that's sometimes how I progress in life <laughs> day by day. <laughs> um, but sometimes it can get so overwhelming that my brain actually, in a sense, shuts down because it's so overstimulated. Um, that I have to shut down or my brain does it for me sometimes that I, I go zombie-like and I'm there going, there's so much that I've got to do. I don't want to do anything right now. I can't. I physically can't think straight. I can't, um, like, you just see me, like, so confused sometimes. It's it's quite amusing if you, if you watch me. And then I have to really, like, just stop, take a seat and just really focus and you know, focus, sometimes focus on my breathing. I just take a deep breath in. Take that deep breath, deep breath with me. Come on, let's go. And then out. And then sometimes just the second one. And just really pay attention to my lungs being filled up with beautiful oxygen. <laughs> Be grateful that I'm alive and that I can experience life. Take that breath out. And then go do something that can distract my mind probably for 10 minutes. And... Like sometimes I purposely, on purpose go, all right, I know this is a time waster, but I'm just going to go play my video games for like 15 minutes. And I know that's wasting my time, but right now it's just clearing my head (laughs) to not worry about all the stuff that's going on so that when I do come to it, I'm totally paying attention to that one thing at a time, getting it out of the way and then focusing on the next thing. So I do purposely sometimes waste time, so to speak. But to me, it's not wasting time. It's really reorganizing my brain to just relax because life is so short. And sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that we just do need to take a breather. We just need to take a rest, take a step back and really just enjoy the moment as best we can. And my and my attitude I'm trying to take on now is try and enjoy 
even the stressful situations it's and just being like make it a game it's like oh this is so exciting i'm getting like a thrill out of this <laughs> uh, and then someone knocks me off my, my my high horse and goes no this is serious and i'll be like I'm trying to be serious, but also trying to make it fun so I don't get it too serious. And then anxiety takes over. And then I'm, you know, worried that I'm going to do the wrong thing or make a mistake. And then you've got me on edge even more. <laughs> so then I can't focus properly because I've got all these worries going through my head. <laughs> but anyway, that's life. Um, so I've just written some notes down here. So there's one thing actually that I found interesting how she said, um, just looking at my notes here with work, having this trait. It, 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 we struggle to, we struggle to do work if it's not meaningful or we struggle really to find a job if it's not meaningful or if it's not bringing us fulfillment, we really do struggle and we become paralyzed in the sense of what job to pick. Or even if we become stagnant in our work and realize it's not making us, not making us feel fulfilled, then we kind of slack off and don't put in as much effort as we should because we have this, or I have this mentality of, if I'm going to do work, I want it to be fulfilling and actually rewarding, not just for myself, but for people that are actually consuming my work. My, my mind doesn't go to, you know, oh, it's bringing you financial security. And no, my brain is just like, no, it's not bringing you fulfillment security. <laughs> it's not giving you life purpose security. <laughs> and that's what my brain is always going towards. It's like, okay, if I do this thing, is it really gonna be worth it? Uh, right now, even with this uh, episode, my mind is half going, is it really worth it? But 80% of it is going, it is worth it because someone might be um, struggling with this as well, trying to understand themselves. And maybe this podcast will go, oh my gosh, that explains so much of what I do. <laughs> and it might click with them and they might, they, and I encourage them to go and research this just so they can find um, Elaine Aaron's, you know, studies and books and see how they can. Uh, learn to grow and learn about themselves to sorry I just got distracted there from my my painting expertise that's also how my brain works is I just get really distracted because I looked at my painting and go oh, I didn't do really that much of a great job whoops <laughs> anyway um, but yeah to try your best to go and really encourage uh, sorry encourage you to research on this so then you'll be able to better learn to cope with uh, understand yourself and cope with your situation or your uh, behavior or your symptoms better i mean i'm not trying not try not to say symptoms because it's not a sickness all right <laughs> it is just a trait that we all have to grow from and it's we we all have to learn skills like discipline skills like not getting so easily distracted like i was just then but it's you've just got to learn how your brain works because everyone's brain obviously works differently and it functions um you know vastly different from someone else um, and that's the beauty of the human experience that we're all different that we all have you know amazing abilities amazing talents and we can't all be you know the same i was going to say my mind just drifted off the again i'm going to say this a lot that my brain my mind would be drifting off just so you understand what's how my brain works so my mind just drifted off um, to, oh, I've just totally lost that because I totally distracted myself. How, bar how embarrassing is that? <laughs> um, nope, that trailer fort has completely gone. I, try, I just waited there for like three minutes trying to think of what I was going to say and now it's just completely gone. So next, next thing. Um, so I talked about sensitive to, sensitivity to noise. Um, 
One thing apparently is we're highly empathetic people. Um, because we are paying attention to, I should say, sorry, that we are paying attention to everyone around us and feeling their energy, not so much looking at their, you know, well, some people might, but I don't excessively. I look at a a person's body posture or I feel the energy of the room by looking around and seeing uh, what the energy is. Is it highly, uh, are people portraying a lot of high anxiety? Are they feeling relaxed? Um, Are they feeling stiff? Um, Is it rigid? Um, is it happy? Is it laughing? You know, what kind of energy they bring in? I always look at their body language and I try and find the people that um, are or I seek out people that might be feeling a bit out of place um, just so that I don't, I don't feel so out of place myself. And I'm like, okay, good. It's not just me. <laughs> um, but I'm also looking at, all right, how am I going to interact with this environment and how am I going to make most people feel comfortable around me and how am I going to portray portray or project myself to people and obviously it's going to be different to every person I always say, like to say sometimes I've, even as a teenager I'm like a chameleon or a shapeshifter I will adapt to your personality um, specifically or um, personally just so I don't try and make you feel excessively uncomfortable I like to make you feel fit in or make you feel welcome or make you feel um, safe around me and that I'm not a threat um, and that I'm just the next average guy um, trying to do his best living this life. So I will, in a sense, do like a really quick half a second, um, what do you call it? Or, you know, seven seconds, as they say, uh, with first impressions. Um, I'll do a quick read or analyzation of how you're feeling, what's your body language like, you know, all that stuff. And then adapt my how I'm going to approach you. I don't change who I am. Um, I don't, you know, change my values or you know my my morals or anything like that. I just change how I approach you and the energy levels. I try and match you at your energy levels, just so you don't feel like you have to try and match really high energy levels and you have to be so high, you know, happy and optimistic. And I don't try and match. Um, you down to a, a really sad load as if you've got to compete or make you know you got to be like oh, this person's sadder than me, so I've got to, you know, show them that I'm sadder or that, you know, or I have to try and be, um, you know, happier than them to try and bring them up. No, I always try and match you at your energy, if that makes sense. So with saying that comes the highly empathetic concept. Like I am empathetic to try and understand how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Um, Even when I'm having a conversation with you, I try and put myself in your shoes as best as I can and try and feel um, what you're feeling. I don't try and say something like, or I try now my best not to say, you know, oh, you know, at least you have this and that if you're having a down day. It's just like, no, I understand the struggle that you're going through and it is hard sometimes. And I don't try and make it out that, you know, your uh, pain is less than someone else's or that you know make it out that you know or you think you've got a bad well this other person you know i try not to do that that's that's not empathetic at all that's that's i call negative positivity (laughs) when you're trying to bring a a silver lining to something but you're disregarding their emotions or invalidating their their way of feeling or the way or their perspective if that makes sense another thing of being uh, highly empathetic and having this highly sensitive trait though is I take on a lot of people's idiosyncrasies and so that's just probably the surface level you know uh, with one of my friends back in high school she would always say lol a lot 
And not once in my life had I ever said lol. <laughs> anyway, after two or three days of her hearing her say lol over and over again, and this is, I'm going to call her out, Jojo, if you're listening to this, this is you. Um, she'll know who I'm talking about when I say Jojo. Um, I straight away caught lol and I would use it almost every day and I would hate it. I'm going, oh my gosh, I can't even get this out of my head now. It stuck with me. Um, even how someone laughs, I catch on their laugh or um, how they say things like moist. <laughs> uh, one of my uh, friends who's not my friend anymore, he would always say moist. So I caught that on and I still use it. And I'm not going to lie, I do appreciate the word because it does make people highly uncomfortable. But I don't make it highly uncomfortable to the point where it's 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 humorous. It's not... I'm not doing it out of malicious uh, content or malicious um, intent is probably the better word, malicious intention. I do it because um, just to bring a bit of laugh to people because they're like, oh, I just can't stand that word. And just the way I bring it into context it's it, um, or bring it into the topic, they're just like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so it's just a bit of humor, a bit of comic relief in our lives. You know, everyone's always so serious most of the time and we're all suffering. So it's just like, we've got to bring some humor back. We really do. But sometimes I can catch people's emotions without them actually sometimes not even being in the room, like with my housemate, because I've probably been or some couple of my like, sorry, I've got two housemates. One of them, like I always say to him is, um, his, he can't keep his aura quiet. Well, the other one can, and this one that can't keep his aura quiet. And I don't know the full story behind, um, his upbringing, but it probably would have to have to do something with that. Um, is that I can feel his emotions um, and his energy, if he, even if he's not in the room or when he's explaining something and he'll exp express a little bit of um, anger or whatever emotion, I'll catch that and make it as if it's my own. And I won't even, I subconsciously, I don't, I do this. Like I don't do this consciously. I don't intentionally go, all right, I'm going to make your emotion my emotion. No, it just comes as a subconscious thing. And then I have to stop myself and go, wait, why am I getting so emotionally hyped up about this this isn't even mine like i'm no i don't normally get frustrated with this certain topic or this certain situation and then have to step back and then go okay who was i just around and what was the emotion they were portraying or projecting just then <clears throat> and the hard thing is is that i get over overstimulated and um overloaded my brain gets overloaded in a sense or i'm oversensitive when there's a lot of people in a room because i'm picking up so many different emotions uh, different um, perspectives and stuff like that and different energies that my brain goes all muddled and I'm there going, who am I, what am I doing? Where am I going? Who am I going to talk to? Where do I sit? Sometimes you'll just find me, just leave. And I've, I just figured this out um, last year when I was researching on this is why so many times I just go quiet and I just go find a spot that's quiet or sit in the corner of the room and just observe. And I, I can't interact into the conversations because i'm paying attention to every conversation i'm paying attention to everyone's energy consciously or subconsciously either way i actually go and i actually find myself going to um a specific uh like a, a spot in the room where it's quiet and i just sit with myself or i sit with the other people that are also just wanting some peace and quiet um and even when at church i am the one to sneak out <laughs> after church is done and everyone's sort of socializing, I quietly sneak out and don't 
interact with a lot of people because it, it it's too much for me mentally to and to take on so many conversations and so many people especially if there's kids running around and they're squealing and i'm there going i'm like paying attention are they are they safe are they okay are they running you know is everything okay is the is the furniture in place where they're not going to trip over or anything you know um or even people if they're walking around or even if they're standing it's like who's who's in who you know who's having a conversation with who paying attention like it's it's so much that my brain's just like nope just leave find somewhere quiet to to sit and not think about it because it's overloading your brain way too much you're paying away too much attention even when i'm having a conversation with someone in front of me my mind will still be paying attention to the background you know who's behind me who's around me uh what are they doing what's the energy levels like uh is is there a threat anywhere i'm constantly thinking that my mind is thinking that is there a threat anywhere is there, is there something is there a tsunami going to hit like you know recently that we've just been um uh had a tsunami warning and it's just like okay now we've got, i've got to worry about that okay oh gosh <laughs> um you know is somebody going to walk into the room uh with a knife or with a it's always the bad things our brains always go for obviously the bad things and that's a natural thing uh we always try and seek out the threat so we can um lower the risk quickly and effectively of anyone getting injured especially ourselves um but yeah that's just how my brain functions sometimes most of the time i'm not going to say sometimes most of the time <laughs> how embarrassing okay i've talked for half an hour that's a lot okay um i'm not even halfway through how embarrassing is this oh goodness gracious okay uh so back to the highly empathetic thing it's actually made me become um an agreeable person and i want to help out everyone and i don't want to say no to anyone um and i find it very hard to set boundaries because i know what it's like um to have to feel like um uh, no one's there for me or no one's reliable or no one's loyal if that makes sense so i try my best to be loyal reliable to say yes to always be the person who puts up the hand first and says yeah i'm happy to help out um or i just go and help like i find it very hard to say no um and the sad thing about that is that i hold a lot of resentment sometimes towards people when they ask me to do things and you can tell they, they they don't really want to know for an answer but when i you know when i say yes i say it resentfully and i just hold that resentment so i have to learn i've learned to say no sorry like i've got to and i don't even have to explain myself but in my mind i'm then going you know i have to really take care of myself and my energy levels if i say yes to a lot of things and i've just spent my whole day doing things for everyone and not having didn't have to take didn't take time to you know spend with myself or really do something that recharges my batteries then i'm going to be the next day really really <laughs> unhappy really unhappy um it's like you're not getting enough sleep if you don't get enough sleep you're not going to function like effectively the next day and that's like me if i don't take um some time to for myself to really um help me grow even if it's just cleaning like i feel like uh, the next day I would have, I, I don't function as effectively. Along with that lines, um, if I have like a really big social day and it you know, starts from the morning, let's say 10 a.m. all the way up to you know 8 p.m. or 6 p.m. If I have that big social day where I'm just socializing that whole time, the next day I call it a, a, an emotional or mental hangover. I actually can't think straight or think properly and I have to take the day to sleep sometimes, most of the day to sleep or just do or veg out and do something that's completely mundane like playing video games. I can't read properly. 
I can't listen to um, educational YouTube videos or anything like that or educational podcasts. I have to literally zone out. Sometimes doing absolutely nothing. It's that, in a sense, that bad where if I'm having that much of an emotional or mental hangover where the day before I was overstimulated with so much going in, so much coming in, the next day I just veg out and I will catch myself sometimes even just staring blankly ahead and all the thoughts are going through my head and I'm thinking, but I'm actually not even doing anything. I'm just sitting there just looking into the distance and then I'll catch myself going, oh, I have a vacuum in my hands and it's going. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I should just continue vacuuming, you know, get the job done. And now there are some dark sides to this trait as well. Um, and it comes along the lines of um, the empathetic state as well. But uh, because it's highly sensitive and if we feel like um, someone's not really giving enough respect to us or being considerate of us um, or we find them, well, for me personally, if I find them too selfish, to protect my energy because I know I'm very sensitive, I have to really limit myself uh, with that person, how much time I spend with them, how much energy I spend with them, especially during the day, throughout the week, etc. I have to, um, especially if, if the trust has been broken, if I feel like they've uh, lied too many too many times or you know haven't been very honest or uh, they've done something behind my back to get their own personal gain or whatever it is um, I find it very hard to let go of the situation not so much forgive because I understand that they're human and they have their own thing so it, it does take me sometimes a while to forgive depending on how severe I guess it is but it does I do start then to limit my how much time I spend with that person how much I tell them, how much conversation I go in with them um, because then I start protecting myself in a sense. It's like I don't want to give them too much of my or open up too much to them or sp spend too much time um, with them and then I, uh, I start to feel drained if I do. Uh, draining of my mental energy, my emotional energy and then I again, the resentment circle <laughs> or the cycle, sorry. Um, and then the next day again, I'll have an emotional or a mental hangover and it's not its not pretty for me. I'm, it's not productive. <laughs> um, I've actually written down here other um, symptoms or other things that come with the emotional slash mental hangovers. Uh, I get headaches, lack of concentration, I can't think clearly, lose track of time. Um, even like I said before, how I said I would like bounce between like I'll become paralyzed and going like what do i do next what do i do now that gets 100 times worse um where like i said before like i'll have to even sometimes like i get over so over like if i have this hangover happening and i get so overstimulated of what i should do and i guess and i said before that i just shut down and don't do anything sometimes i just go sleep and i'll go sleep for two hours and be like all right and i'll get up and have a coffee and i go what's the first thing that comes to mind is the first thing that i'm going to do <laughs> It's probably one way that I found to how to work effectively with it. Even tonight at nine o'clock, I'm there going, all right, I am going to vacuum. What was it? 9.30? I can't remember. No, it would have been, yeah, nine o'clock. I'm there going, all right, I'm going to vacuum because I haven't vacuumed today. I've got other stuff that I um, did for the day. I'm going to go vacuum now. I need to vacuum. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, this is just a pretty much an overview and mainly focusing on the other concept of overstimulation of of information it's probably the best term to put it is i get overstimulated with so much information coming in whether that be 
physical sensations such as sounds. Um, I do actually also get dizzy. Like the last two weeks ago, I was overstimulated for about two days. And then the next day I was, it's, it's dizzy, but lightheadedness. So for example, my eyes wouldn't, you know how when you're dizzy, your eyes like go a little bit haywire and everything feels like it's moving. It wasn't so much like that. It was, um, I would lose balance and I'd feel lightheaded. So it's sort of dizzy, sort of not. Um, but I'll be like, oh my gosh, it feels like the world is spinning, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't visually be seeing it spinning if that makes sense. But I would catch my, I'll start seeing myself just lean over to one side and I have to catch myself. But then because I, I would catch myself, um, too hard or too fast, I'll then have to catch myself falling over to the other side and have to <laughs> sort of lean up against a wall and be like, all right, I think I'm good. <laughs> um, but I find like I have to sit down most of the day or lie down. Um, and just take the day as slow and easy as possible um, because of how much information had gone in the few days before and my brain was like overloaded with it, trying to sort it all out going, you know, it's as if like I was listening to um, Jordan Peterson's book uh, today, 12 Rules, um, 12 Rules for Life, I think it is. Um, I think it's rule four and he says, you know, we, our brain or our eyes, sorry, there's only one really fine focal point in our eyes that actually takes in a lot of information, like high definition. The rest is row, row, low resolution. So our, obviously our peripheral vision is all low resolution. Like it doesn't take in that much information. Um, and that's sort of like as well, our brains, like our brains will discard anything that's not important. Like for example, the fan of my computer is going right now, but I'm not, I'm, I'm paying attention to it to a sense but um it's 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 in background noise it's not important so i don't take a full notice of it if that makes sense um there's other things that i'm probably not paying attention to like for example uh the colors of the walls uh the temperature changing it is warm in here but it's not bothering me so much um i guess the echo of my voice etc etc if we took on all that information excessively and you know paid a high definition detail to it our brains would just be overloaded to the max uh, problem with, I guess, my brain is that it takes in quite a lot of this information, more than what normal people would, would take in, obviously. And, and as well as <laughs> uh, thinking about um, the anxiety. So, for example, I am talking a bit loudly. I know that um, one of my housemates has gone to his girlfriend's place, so he's not here. That's okay. I have closed the corridor door. I've left this room's door open because it does get really warm in this room specifically. And I'm just sitting here with no shirt off and I'm sweating. <laughs> um, but the corridor is sort of closed. It doesn't close properly. Just so I could block out or, you know, stop being loud for my other housemates who are actually down literally on the other side of the house, like on the very far end of this house. So I'm being considerate or, and being mindful. So that information is like how, like how much I'm, how loud I'm speaking, for example, uh, where I'm facing for example and right now i'm sort of facing the door um, when i'm trying to face away from the door so that my you know where my voice sound waves are flowing they're not in that direction of the door they want to be away from the door but then again they're going if i'm talking too loud this room is pretty empty with um furniture so it's actually going to echo so it's probably bouncing back and going down back into the hallway and back into their room quite just as loudly so this is awkward <laughs> 
anyway so my mind is thinking of all that as well and my mind is also thinking stuff about what i'm going to do tomorrow um i'm going back to work tomorrow because the last past week i've been in isolation because one of their housemates had covid i haven't had covid yet or if i have i haven't had any symptoms so uh, most of my housemates for the past two weeks have had symptoms i've got two housemates but they've had their girlfriends over so that's why i'm saying housemates like as if there's more than just two <laughs> there is there's been more than just three of us living here this past two weeks um so they've all had some form of illness or sickness and i'm here going when's my turn i feel sort of left out <laughs> um so yeah like all like i said information of what's currently here in this room i'm paying attention to um as well as uh future anxieties or future things that i've got to worry about um as well so yeah that's a bit about my trait of highly sensitive person if you feel that you might have a similar trait or concept please research um elaine aaron highly sensitive person hsperson.com um and and educate yourself even if you think that you're not that kind of person that you know um, somebody that might be because you're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of like this person or this, you know, this other person sounds like they have similar issues or similar situations. Um, I kind of wish there is actually, she does this, um, Elaine Aaron does focus um, as well, highly sensitive children. And I kind of wish that um, my parents or even I knew more about it um, because then I feel like I would have, being paid being able to pay attention to it more to then regulate my emotions and my reactions to life a lot more easier and a lot more with understanding if that makes sense um i think it would have saved myself a lot of grief and my parents a lot of grief <laughs> i kind of feel sorry for them because when they're going oh my gosh i was the kid for example um after age i'm going to say probably 15 but it could have been 16 um I didn't eat at the table. I, my mum actually would make a separate meal for me because I didn't like most of the food that she would cook and bring it to my my room. And m the main reason is because I couldn't have, I couldn't sit there and eat my dinner at the table when people were having a conversation and it would always turn into an argument without, you know, 80% of the time turn into an argument. Um, and this is not to double my family or anything, but that's that's what it was and that's how I perceived it and it, it frustrated me. So um, I avoided having dinner at the table and sometimes like I would wait for everyone to have their dinner and then I would come and have dinner at the table with myself. Like I dreaded the energy that came with it and I hated um, having to sit in that energy, having to sit in that negative energy um, and I just, I just, I just needed to be by myself. I needed to separate myself. So it makes a lot more sense thinking back now, thinking about it, going back now, going, now I understand why I had to separate myself. Uh, another thing is, um, I watched, <laughs> uh, I went to a friend's place and he made me watch, uh, the bits and pieces of uh, the exorcist, the newer version that came out in the 2000 and whatever, 2003, 2004, and obviously at the start of the movie the little girl sort of hears the sounds of the scratching in the ceiling of the rats but it's actually you know the demons that are in the ceiling or whatever anyway i didn't watch all the whole movie i just watched the bits and pieces that were the gory parts that he showed me because he wanted to show me obviously he wanted to freak me out which is fine yeah that's life 
But I came home that night and, you know, this was about, I think I was 14. It would have been year eight-ish or year nine. No, it would have been year eight. Uh, and I came home and I'm going, I can't, like I would go to bed and I'll hear, start hearing scratching noises in the ceiling or in the walls. And it was probably just cockroaches or anything like that. But I'm there going, ah, uh, nah. So from then on, from that point, I had to have my computer on because we didn't have, I didn't have a speaker or anything <laughs> um, or any separate stereo or anything like that. I had to have my computer on and I would put on a, a storm track and I have a flute playing in the background with the storm just to distract my mind from every other sounds that my brain was just like, oh, that's another worry thing to worry about. That's another danger. Let's, let's you know, continuously seek out uh, sounds because they might be of danger to you. <laughs> and to this day, without fail, I have to have something, uh, even like actually right now, it's a thunderstorm playing through my Google, Google screen thingy, Google home thingy. Um, and then on my phone, I have to play a song on repeat so that when I wake up, there's like the white noise and the thunderstorm going on, the white noise of the rain and the thunderstorm going on. Um, and the music so that my brain can just focus back on that. Because if, if that's not there, if there's just silence, I start hearing, I, my brain is seeking, seeking out for other sounds. And it gets quite frustrating. Like if I go to a friend's place and I don't have any music on, I'm, my brain is goes into high alert and it's starting to pay attention to every sound that the house makes. Uh, the way my friend breathes when they're sleeping. Um, or every time they shuffle or turn over, even right now with my, with, um, with my housemates, even with my music on, sometimes I hear them like shuffling in the bed and I have to go, all right, because my housemates are obviously right next, the room right next door. And I have to go, wait till they stop moving so that I can go, okay, focus back on the music and then go to sleep. <laughs> my brain's so messed up. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, whereas other people are probably just like, yeah, no. Nah. I just fall asleep to the drop of a hat. I'm like, no, no, the minute I go to sleep, I think it's also in the sense, the minute that my brain goes, okay, you're vulnerable. Let's now pay attention to everything. And I'm there going, oh, why? Why everything? Why now? I'm trying to fall asleep. Please just let me fall asleep. <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, we've heard every single sound that there is. They're all normal. They're all always there. That scratching in the wall, that's normally there because that cockroach that's all the cockroaches that are there blah 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 um or termites they're not termites there because then you'll constantly hear it but it's not <clears throat> um you know all the dog barking or whatever and then after that it's like okay now what are you going to do tomorrow what's the first thing you're going to do i'm thinking are you serious we've already been through this we've already had this discussion i'm going to get up and brush my teeth like i always do okay <laughs> And they're like, no, 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 no. What's going to happen after that? Well, I'm going to, you know, get my stuff ready, have breakfast, you know, like I normally do. No, no, yeah, but what about after, like when you get to work, like what are you going to say if they bring up this certain topic? Oh, can I think about that in the morning when I'm having my breakfast and when I'm brushing my teeth? Not right now when I have to fall asleep. <laughs> so my brain just likes to go, you know what, you're in a vulnerable state now. Let's just think about everything um, or, you know, the little things or the 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 things that are on topic or that could go wrong in a sense the next day. And I have to figure out in my head, okay, what are the answers to these really quickly just to calm my brain down and give it the, the peace of mind, so to speak, so to speak, just so that I can fall asleep. Anyway, 
you know, and even, that might not even have to relate to highly sensitive person, but it, because um, a lot of people probably relate to that with their with their high anxiety. And I actually encourage it if you have high anxiety, look out for this trait because it might give you some light on what you're going through or what you're experiencing. Especially if you realize that you know, when you look back and you go, actually, that was me as a kid. And the other thing as well that this um, girl says, like I said before, when I go quiet, uh, people with HSP with this, sorry, this trait, highly sensitive person trait, they get mistaken for being a shy person because they're quiet. But the reason why we're quiet is because we actually observe. We look and observe the patterns of people, their energy levels, um, you know, who is safe to talk to, who is not safe to be around, um, who is, you know, the obnoxious, egotistical person to stay away from. Well, that's my thing anyway. And who's the more quiet, humbling person that I can talk to? Um, who's not getting... My thing is I'm, I'm drawn towards people that are not getting as much attention because if I go to a person that's getting like a lot of attention from a lot of people, I know my brain will start being overloaded with information and a lot of information from that circle of what's going on. Whereas if I go to the quiet person, because I'm also empathetic, I'll catch their energy level and be, be quiet and calm as well and that will keep me calm and then eventually after observing the person that's getting a lot of attention and finding out who they are by just you know watching them and watching the people around them and listening to other people uh, talk about these people then I've had that then go, have enough information to then go okay I know how I can approach them without having to um, what's the word compromise myself and my integrity and my energy levels because I know a little bit about what they're like Okay, that's close to an hour. I think that's enough talk for me to uh, tonight. This is actually, yeah, a Sunday night. It's now 10.30. It's enough about me. If you listen to this whole thing, good congratulations. Good job. I am so proud of you. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, anyway, if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, XNDRKing, and also Facebook. I do have a YouTube channel out now. I haven't put up the first video. Hopefully I will very soon. Um, go check that out. It is the exact same XNDR King. Um, and let me know what you think with this episode, with my YouTube, with my um, Instagram. Um, and yeah, I do go live now on Instagram on Wednesday nights with my Bible education. I go through a chapter of one of the books in the Bible each Wednesday. Um, and also Saturdays is wins and losses night at 8 p.m. or I try and do 8 p.m. every Saturday and we just go over the wins and losses throughout the week and set new goals for the next week so feel free to watch us that on Instagram anyway I hope you have a wonderful day or night whatever you're going to do and yeah king up <laughs> <laughs>